Good morning. So this is a big week. Uh, let me know what's happening this week. What's that? Football started. That's exactly what I was talking about. It's actually, uh, I was thinking about that, that the same week that football kicks off, I would kick, but I'd probably hurt myself. Same week football kicks off, we're kicking off, we're launching our small groups. And so today we're going to be taking a, a break, just one week break from our study through the book of Romans, because this week small groups are, are starting. We're starting a, a new small group curriculum. And over the next six months or so, uh, in our small groups, we'll be going through a book titled, I introduced this a couple weeks ago, uh, a book titled Discipleship Essentials. This book explores 25 foundational aspects of the Christian life. Let me just give a, a, a quick overview. My goal here is to generate some interest and excitement. It's broken into four sections, the book. The first section is titled Growing in Christ. Uh, this looks at the, 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 the concept of discipleship, of, of having a quiet time, spending time with the Lord, of, of Bible study, of prayer, and of worship. Second section is understanding the message of Christ. Uh, it looks at some theological stuff, some stuff that you'll be familiar with if you've been with us in the book of Romans. It looks at the Trinity and sin and grace and justification and redemption and adoption. The third section is being like Christ. It looks at uh, things like the fruit and the filling of the Holy Spirit, of, of trusting in God, of, of loving God. God and loving people of justice and witnessing. And the fourth and final section is serving Christ. It looks at the church and uh, spiritual gifts and spiritual warfare and, and obedience. And our vision is uh, the church, the leaders, the us, is that we go through this material, as we go through this material, that several things will happen. First, that will grow in our understanding of the foundational truths of the Christian faith. This is important, that many of the basic questions about what it means to be a Christian will be, will be answered, will be reviewed for some, will be new to others. Second, that we'll grow in our relationship with God. That our understanding and our experience of being disciples, of being learners, of being followers and lovers of Jesus Christ will increase. And third, that we'll grow in our ability and our desire to share what we learn with others. That we would be equipped to make disciples. That we'll be disciples and we'll be equipped to make disciples. And fourth and finally, that in all of this, as we come together as a body, as we, as we are in small, small, our small groups and sometimes even smaller groups within our small groups, that we'll grow in our relationships with one another. Making disciples is a relational process. It's, it's, it's the method God gave to the church that we together would grow together. And this is what we as a church desire to be about. This is our mission. Now, I know for the regular attenders, if you've been here for a while, you've already memorized our mission statement, right? You have the mission statement memorized for Bridges Church. Raise your hand. Just kidding. I wouldn't embarrass you like that. Uh, but there are visitors here, 
So let me, let me, let me uh, put it up on the overhead. It's actually summarized in these four statements here on each side of the wall. The mission of Bridges Church is to glorify God by renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping people to bring Christ-centered change to the world. Now I have a confession to make about this mission statement. When we say renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping people to bring Christ-centered change to the world, or when we shorten that, as as we have in uh, mottos and t-shirts and things, when we say equipping world changers, this is another way of saying making disciples. That's what making disciples is. Equipping world changers equals making disciples. In terms of our mission statement, We could define making disciples in this way. Making disciples is the process of engaging those whose lives are being renewed through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping them to bring Christ-centered change to the world. And when we do that, when we bring this Christ-centered change to the world especially, this makes God look great. This is how God is glorified. And so we really could shorten our mission statement to be the mission of Bridges Church is to glorify God by making disciples. And just to be clear, this is not just the mission of our church. This is the mission of the church, capital C Church. God, for His glory in His Word, has given His church the mission of making disciples. This means that as individuals of the church, we must for the glory of God, engage in the process of discipling, of making disciples. And so that's what we're going to be doing in our small groups. Now, now that's not to say we haven't been and we, and we can't be making disciples in other ways. On Sunday mornings, as you, hear, as you worship and hear the word preached in personal conversations and relationships with other believers... In, in our previous small groups, as we studied God's Word together, God can and He does make disciples in a variety of ways. But beginning this week, we're going to become more purposeful about making disciples. We're going to, I like to call it, we're going to fill in some of the gaps. I mean, some of us, we've, we've been to church for a lot of years. We've been to Bible studies for a lot of years. But we've never had this foundation of truth Uh, laid out before us in a systematic way. And that's what we're going to do in our small groups. Our desire is to be more than a church where people come once a week to sing some songs, to hear a sermon. Don't get me wrong, our, our Sunday morning gathering for worship and equipping and exhortation, education and fellowship is crucial. But we want to be a church that reaches beyond our Sunday morning experience. A church where people are, are purposeful about being and making disciples. And maybe, uh, as I'm saying this, I, I know maybe there are some of you out there that don't even know what, I'm, what I mean by a disciple. Well, we're going to get to that. We want to be a church where God's people are being equipped to be world changers. Uh, e- that, that equals, that's our goal, that's our mission, to make disciples. And so this morning as we're on the brink of this new and I believe exciting endeavor. I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do. I want to take some time to encourage and challenge us to get involved in making disciples. Specifically, to commit to joining. At this point, this isn't the end, this is the beginning, just so we know. 
uh, commit to joining one of our discipleship essential small groups. And the best way I know, the best way I believe to do that is to allow the Word of God to speak to our hearts, to convict our hearts. To see that God's desire, not my desire, not Bridges' desire, for each and every one of us, for His glory, is that we be and that we make disciples. And so if you'd open your Bibles, if you, if you brought your Bible, you have, there's Bibles in the pews, the Bible verses will be up there as well. I think it's good to open your Bibles, though, so you can write in them. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 through 20 is what we're going to read, which is, uh, not coincidentally, is the memory verse, well, 18 through 20, is the memory verse for the first lesson of Discipleship Essentials. So each week, there's a a memory verse. And in this passage, we read Jesus' final words to his disciples. This is important. This is key stuff. Jesus had spent over three years discipling these, uh, these 12 men, pouring into their lives. Actually, there's 11 now. One kind of went sideways, if you remember. But he'd been pouring into their lives, teaching them by, by what he said, by his words, by what he did, his deeds, his actions. They've heard his parables, his sermons, his exhortations. They've witnessed uh, his love his miracles, his crucifixion and resurrection. He spent the last 40 days appearing to them and to the others. And now, just prior to his departure, he's going to leave. He's going to leave this earth. His, we call it the ascension into heaven. Just prior to him physically leaving the earth, beginning in Matthew twenty-eight sixteen, we read this. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, which is crazy. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as many of you know, this passage is called the the Great Commission. This is the record of Jesus commissioning uh, his disciples, of Jesus giving them their mission. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to be about. A mission that that, that, that has been passed on from these disciples to other disciples, from church to church, from generation to generation. This was their mission, and it continues to be our mission today. We can see the connections all the way from Peter and James and John and the disciples all the way to today of what the church is to be about, to make disciples, to glorify God by making disciples. So let's walk through together this mission statement, this mission Uh, that Jesus gave to His disciples. And let's allow God to speak to our hearts about our part in His mission today. It's this, again, this connecting chain. We're part of it. And we begin by just looking at the command to make disciples. The main command that Jesus gave to His disciples in the Great Commission is found in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples. When you read that, you might think that the emphasis is on going. We just need to be going, going somewhere. And then certainly going is involved, but the command is to make disciples. That's the mission 
that Jesus has given His disciples throughout the ages to carry out. That's our job. So what does it mean to make disciples? Earlier, if you, if you remember, I defined it in terms of our mission statement. Making disciples is the process of engaging, remember that word, engaging, with those whose lives are being renewed through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping, remember that word, equipping them to bring Christ-centered change to the world. Engaging and equipping. Making disciples involves engaging and equipping Christians to take Jesus into their world. To have relationship with Christ and then to turn around and take Jesus into the places where they live and, and work. In lesson one in the Discipleship Essentials book, the author, Greg Ogden, defines making disciples this way. He says, making disciples or discipling is an intentional relationship in which we walk alongside one disi- other disciples in order to encourage, equip, and challenge one another in love to grow toward maturity in Christ. This includes equipping the disciple to teach others as well. Ogden focuses on the importance of the relational, the engaging aspect of making disciples. Disciples are equipped by other disciples, and so on, and so on, and so on. It's a continual, and it should be an exponential process. Maybe you remember, how many of you remember, uh, how many of you were born in the 80s even? Woohoo! So you remember the Fabergé shampoo commercial, right? Of course you do. Where Heather Locklear, you guys remember Heather Locklear? Okay, no, we won't go there. Heather Locklear is so excited about uh, the shampoo and what it does to her hair, she tells two friends. And so on, and so on, and so on. And the screen just fills with pictures of Heather Locklear. Okay. Now, making disciples is like that. Okay, wait. It's when, uh, it's when we get excited, not about shampoo, but about what Jesus does in our lives, and that we can't help but telling our friends and our family and our co-workers and our neighbors. We tell two friends and they tell two friends. The Apostle Paul endorses this expanding model of discipleship to his disciple Timothy. He's discipling Timothy and he writes, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, it's the process. You teach them. I've taught you. You teach them and they'll teach others. Now telling people about Jesus is a bit more complicated than uh, recommending a shampoo. Telling people about Jesus, making disciples, involves time and effort. It involves engaging in life. It involves, as Ogden says, intentional relationship, walking alongside one another, encouraging, equipping, and challenging one another in our relationship with Christ. Jesus himself is the, is the greatest model of this. He chose 12 men. He spent three and a half years living with them, encouraging and challenging them, calling them into deeper relationship with God, with Him, and equipping them to carry on His ministry, equipping them to make disciples. And it's this deeper relationship with Christ. This is really at the heart of discipleship, the key to making disciples. In general, a disciple, a learner, a follower, is one who becomes 
comes under the authority of another, okay? If, if, if I were going to, uh, one who puts themselves under the authority of a teacher. So normally, if I'm going to make up a disciple, that person must agree to enter into relationship with me. A relationship where they follow me. They learn from me. They submit to my authority and teaching. Now as Christians, we're commanded to make disciples. We're, com- we're called to enter into these discipling relationships. But we're not making disciples. We're not making followers of ourselves. We're making disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say, teach them all you know. Teach them everything you know. Teach them how you've been successful in your Christian life. Teach them your secrets to success. Jesus says, when we make disciples, we're to be teaching them to observe all that I, all that Jesus has commanded you. Making disciples involves teaching people what Jesus has, who Jesus was, and what Jesus has commanded. Teaching them what Jesus has done. Teaching them to follow Jesus in every aspect of life. Jesus is the focus of our discipleship. As a discipler, our lives can provide an example to them, but they are to become disciplers, followers of Jesus, not disciples of you or or of me. Even the great apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Follow me only to the extent that I'm following Christ. Christ is the focus. He's the heart. He's the center of all disciple making. My goal when making a a disciple is not to create a a Cliftian. You get it? A follower of Cliff. My, My goal is to make a Christian, a follower of Christ. So we teach our disciples to observe or obey All that Jesus has commanded. Jesus makes it clear that understanding and obeying His commands is central to what it means to be a disciple. In Luke 14.27, Jesus said, Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Being a disciple means bearing a cross. And bearing a cross does not primarily mean what it's sort of come to mean in our culture, enduring hardship. Oh, I have this cross to bear. Bearing a cross, as Jesus uses it, means, uh, it means death. It means dying. The cross was the instrument of, of crucifixion. It means going to Golgotha, that place of crucifixion. It means dying with Christ. Dying to our old self to our selfish pride and and turning and following Jesus into the new life that He provides. This is why Jesus, along with teaching, says that baptism is a key part of what it means to make disciples. Along with teaching them His commands, we must also baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism symbolizes what it means to be a disciple. It symbolizes our submission to to Christ. It symbolizes the death we must undergo and the new life we experience when we become a disciple of Jesus Christ. We saw it last week symbolized for us as Kim and as Samuel were baptized. As as they, as, as any of us who've gone under the water, we go under the water is symbolic of dying with Christ. We die to our old self. 
And as we come up out of the water, we're born again into newness of life. Therefore, when we baptize and teach, when we make disciples, we call people to come and die. Die to their old self and live for Christ. To live for the one who loves them and gave himself. I think it's summarized. I'm going to grab my Bible here. I didn't include this in your notes. Galatians 2.20. Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's really a picture in many ways of, of baptism. That's a picture of discipleship, of what it means to be a follower of Christ. We die to ourself, but we receive new life in Christ. And we live for the One who loves us and gave Himself for us. And in the, there's one final thing about this command that I, that I want to make very clear. It's disciples, He calls His disciples to go and make disciples. And what we need to understand, and what some people don't understand, is there are not two different types of people in the church. There's not two different types of Christians. There are not Christians who are disciples, oh, those are the disciples, and we're just normal, ordinary Christians. That doesn't exist. The Word of God never divides followers of Christ into two separate categories. Every person who trusts in Christ for their salvation, every Christian is by definition to be a disciple of Christ. We see this uh, kind of, yeah, in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. We read this, And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Up until this point, all believers were called disciples. Being a, a believer meant, and it still means, that you are a disciple. So the only question is, have you been or are, you, uh, uh, or are you being discipled? And if that's what you want, if that's what you desire, uh, to die to yourself and live for Christ, to grow in your relationship with Christ, to enter into a relationship with... Because this is how God has designed it to happen. He didn't design our growth in Christ to happen on our own. Uh, not to say we can't grow as we study God's Word but, but we really grow when we take God's Word to others. I remember in my life, I became a Christian at age 13. From 13 to 18, it was kind of, you know, you know this stuff, up and down. You know, I went to church pretty much every Sunday. But then at 18, some, some guy came up to me and he said, Hey, uh, I'd like to disciple you. Whoa. And that began this process. That began entering into relationship with him. And he had some other guys he was discipling and meeting together and studying God's Word together, praying together, growing together. My life, I'm not saying I, I stopped doing a little bit of this, but the trajectory just changed immensely when I purposefully entered into this discipling relationship. We're commanded to do this because God knows this is how we grow. To enter into relationship with fellow believers being taught and teaching, it's, a, it's mutual. Sometimes, sometimes there'll be one who's much more mature in Christ, 
And He'll be pouring into you. Sometimes it'll be more mutual, a more mutual relationship of discipling, but it's, it's meant to be together. We talk about the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, he had, he, there was Paul, and then he had Barnabas, that was sort of his mutual thing, and then he had Timothy, he was pouring into his life. There are different kinds of relationships, but all are designed for us to be mutually encouraged and accountable and discipling one another. So if that's what you want, if that's what you desire, then I would encourage you to, to practically join with, with us in our, our small groups as we pursue obedience to Christ's command to make disciples. Now Jesus not only commands us to make disciples, but He also gives us the authority to make disciples. In Matthew 28.18, just before He gives the command to make disciples, He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Jesus begins this commission with His authority. We on our own, I on our own, you, uh, any believer on his own or her own, has no authority to make disciples. We in ourselves have no right to make disciples. But Jesus has commanded us to make disciples, and Jesus has given us His authority to make disciples. It's by the authority of Christ that we step out in faith to accomplish the mission He's given us. I've shared this story before. I'll I'll share it again. I think it makes the point. When I was in elementary school, I was given a mission uh, by the principal of my school. I was given a vest and a badge and a whistle and a sign. My mission was that after school, I would uh, go to this corner and I would be the crossing guard across this street. And much to my surprise, the cars and the other kids uh, obeyed me. I could stop traffic by lifting my sign or blowing my whistle. Why? Because of my amazing authority as an elementary school child? No. Because I had the vest and I had the badge. This signified that I was under the authority. I had the authority of the school, the school system, the state of California. No, we won't go that far. I was was able to accomplish my mission, not because of who I was, but because of the authority that was behind me. Jesus is our authority, is the authority behind our mission. Jesus gives us the authority to make disciples. And who is Jesus? Uh, Oh, He's the risen Lord. He's the one who's conquered death. He's the one who's paid the penalty for our sins. He's the one who's purchased our, as we've been talking about over these many weeks, our justification. He's the one who on the cross defeated Satan, defeated death. And because Jesus has triumphed over sin and over death and over Satan, therefore Paul writes in Philippians 2, 9-11, through Therefore God has highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and on, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Which is another way of saying all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Him. His authority is superior to all other authorities. And as His disciples, we've been given His authority. To do what? 
not to do what we want, not to live like we would like, not to pursue worldly pleasures, but to go and make disciples. We have no authority of our own, but from Christ we have all authority we need to accomplish His mission. Therefore, we need, need not fear as we step out to make disciples. We need not fear Satan. We need not fear other people. Under Christ's authority, we can go and make disciples. Now, there's another aspect to Jesus' authority that I don't want us to miss here. When we say, when, when, when he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and then he says, go therefore and make disciples, we have to see that Jesus is putting all of his authority, all of the authority of heaven and earth that he's been given He's putting it all behind this, this command to make disciples. Never forget that Jesus has authority over you, over His people. He gives us His authority to make disciples, but His authority is commanding us to make disciples. And therefore, we have to submit to this authority. In John fifteen fourteen, Jesus told His disciples, You are My friends if you do what I command. If we do not obey Jesus, we are not His friends. And clearly, Jesus is commanding. Jesus' authority extends to this final command, this this final commission to make disciples. This command given to us comes from the highest authority in heaven and earth. We need not fear other authorities, but we must submit to His authority and make disciples. So under the authority of Jesus... Our Lord and Master, we have, we've been commanded to make disciples. And Jesus not only tells us what to do, make disciples, but He also tells us who to do it to. The people to make disciples of. I don't know, the, I'm, the grammar's not great there, okay? But it fits in my pattern, which is important. You say, okay. Uh, the one who has all authority in heaven and earth has commanded his followers, his people. If you're, if you're one of them, then you should be listening up. If you're not, then, then you're wondering what's going on here, but, but that's okay. He said, uh, make disciples. And you say, okay, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to obey. So who am I supposed to disciple? And Jesus makes Uh, this clear by saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That word nations is the Greek word ethnos. It refers to groups of people who share a common language and a common culture. We call them people groups. Our mission is to make disciples. Our mission to make disciples extends to all nations, to all peoples. That doesn't mean that all people will become disciples, but it does mean that within all people groups, there will be disciples from every tribe and every tongue and every nation. This is the Great Commission. And it refers to what the church does in the world among all peoples. The mission Jesus gave was not just a local uh, Jerusalem or, or Israel mission, but it was a global mission. It was to have impact throughout the world. And at Bridges, we want to continue to being part of of God's global mission. We want to continue to to send and support these these special people 
called missionaries, who will make disciples among other peoples, who will cross cultural barriers, who will learn languages. But along with being involved in making disciples globally, we also want to make disciples locally, right here, where we are. We have a responsibility to disciple the people who are part of our church family. And that's what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. He says this, and he gave the and he, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. This is a, a local church sort of picture. God gives the church leaders who are then responsible to equip the saints, the, the church members, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. These verses are, are, are a really good description of what it looks like to make disciples in the church. The church is a place where God's people are being equipped to serve in ministry. Where God's people are being discipled to know and to follow Christ. And the result is that, is that the body of Christ, the church, is built up. It's built up numerically. More people come to know Jesus. And it's built up spiritually. We, we all can grow in the knowledge and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So at Bridges, we want to become people who are committed to both discipling one another, discipling those who are here, and to sending missionaries who make disciples among other people groups. And you know what? These two are not uh, like separate either. They go together. It's as we disciple the people who become part of our church that they come to understand God's command to make disciples among the nations, among all peoples. It's as we make disciples locally that God then calls some to go make disciples globally. And so it's my vision that, that as we, over the next several months, begin this purposeful process of making disciples locally, that God will use uh, bridges, use us to equip people to go globally to all nations. This could be a beginning even of a new process. I'll just share this with you. When I was, I talk about this guy that came to me and he said, hey, I want to disciple you. Well, he had said that to uh, three or four or five other guys and we started meeting. And, and of those five guys, I think, I want to get this right, I think four of us ended up being missionaries for a time. Tim Driscoll, if you know Tim, he's still, sir, and you can pray for Tim, he's, uh, as we talked about during our mission conference, he's still having this heart problem. So pray for, pray for Tim. But he was part of that group. I was part of that group. Others were part of that group that were just being discipled locally. But it ended up uh, taking us globally to make disciples in other people groups. It, it goes together. God is uh, pretty sharp about his strategy. So we've seen the command the authority, and the people to make disciples. Now let's, let's look at one final thing. The power to make disciples. At the end of verse 20, uh, Jesus' final words to his disciples are, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a great promise. That Jesus is with you always. It's an empowering promise. We not only are under Jesus' authority, but he is with us And this promise is given in the context 
of making disciples. He's with us as we make disciples. Jesus is not like the general or the commander-in-chief who sits in Washington, D.C. giving orders but not getting involved. Jesus is with us. He'll provide what we need to accomplish His mission. He promises that we will not, not be on our own. In the book of Acts, we find a, a similar promise. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says to His disciples, sort of around this similar time, right before He's ascending, He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promises the power of the Holy Spirit. That that word power here is the Greek word uh, dynamis. Dynamis entered the English language when, when the Swedish chemist and engineer Alfred Noble made an amazing discovery. He discovered a power stronger than anything the world had known up until that point. And he asked a friend of his who was a Greek scholar, uh, what, what, what's the word for explosive power in Greek? His friend answered, dynamis. And Noble said, well, I'm going to call my discovery by that name. So he called his, uh, his explosive uh, device dynamite. That's the word here. And it refers to the explosive, life-changing, dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural power that comes from God. And notice it's given, not that we can do our own thing, not that we can go our own way, not that we can pursue our own desires. It's given that we might be witnesses. It's given that we might accomplish our mission to the ends of the earth. It's given that we might make disciples. Being witnesses is that first step in the disciple-making process. We share with people, we witness to the truth of who Jesus is and what He's done in our lives and in the lives of others. And then those who believe, those who trust in Christ themselves, then enter into that discipling process. They're baptized and they're taught the things of Christ. That's the normal order of things anyway. I remember in Thailand, I... This one young man, he came to, he came to Christ, and I said, uh, so I began to s- disciple him. I met with him uh, weekly, myself and another missionary. We had more missionaries than we had disciples, so we could do, we could do two on one. So he was getting, and, and then all of a sudden, his, one of his friends started coming with him. He wasn't a, he wasn't a believer yet. But he entered into this discipling. He got one of our discipleship books, and he, he began being discipled even before he was a believer. But it wasn't long before he was a, a believer as well. And so then we had two on two. That was great. Jesus is with us throughout this process, providing the power we need to witness and to make disciples. And so as we conclude, I, I just ask you to consider uh, what you'll do with what you've seen in God's Word this morning. I mean, that's really the, the, the thing we ask every Sunday, isn't it? We've seen that making disciples is commanded by Jesus. In fact, it's His final command. You could say it's, his, it's the one He saved uh, to make sure we, we got it. We've seen uh, that the authority of making disciples comes from Christ. We've seen that making disciples is a, uh, is a local and it's a global mission for all peoples. And finally, we've seen that the power to witness and the power to make disciples comes from God, from Christ, from the power of the Holy Spirit that's given to us. And in all of this, 
It's my hope, it's my prayer that we've seen that being and making disciples is what we as Christians, what we as a church, what we as the the body, the bride of Christ are to be about. It's what we're to be doing. All our other programs and all the other things we do need to come back to this. And folks, is this part of making disciples? Are you involved in making disciples? And maybe that's scary to you. Maybe you're going, oh my gosh, I've been commanded to make disciples. I have enough trouble making my bed. How can I do this? But let's not get the cart before the horse. Uh, I'm going to be a grandpa here in a bit so I can say things like cart before the horse. Just so you know. It may be true that at this point in your Christian life, you're not prepared to make a disciple. This was certainly true for every one of Jesus' disciples when He first called them. Notice that make disciples was not the first command that Jesus gave. Come follow me and make disciples. It was the last. It was given only after they had been discipled themselves. No one can make disciples until they commit to being a disciple. And so that's the challenge. I want to put before you this morning uh, that each one of us will commit to being a disciple, to being discipled. That you would commit to entering into discipling relationships. The kind of relationships that, that Greg Ogden in his book described, uh, described an intention an intentional relationship in which we walk alongside other disciples in order to encourage, equip, and challenge one another in love to grow toward maturity in Christ. This includes equipping the disciple to teach others as well. And these are the kind of relationships that we're seeking to develop in our small groups. Now, I'll be the first to say that Bridges Small Groups are not the only place that you can be discipled. Not the only place to make disciples. But they are the place that God is putting before you today. They are the place that your church, that your church leaders are providing for you right now. And so the question is, will you take advantage of what God is offering you? Will you join a small group and enter into Christ's command to the process of making disciples. And one final thing before we close, before we pray. Maybe there are some, maybe there are some out there who are, who've already been discipled. Maybe you've already done this. You've already covered this kind of material. You've already got those foundations. You already believe you've been discipled. Maybe you don't think you need to enter into these discipling relationships. Well, let me mention two things. First, being discipled is not a one-time thing. No matter how discipled you've been in the past, you can always benefit from entering into new relationships of encouragement and equipping. And second, if you've been discipled in the past, then Jesus is commanding you to make disciples. His authority, all His authority, is behind that command for you to make disciples. And as part of one of our small groups, you will have the opportunity to obey that command, to walk alongside other disciples in order to encourage, equip, and challenge one another in love to grow toward maturity in Christ. Making disciples is not a one-way street. You, those who've been discipled, are needed in the lives of your fellow 
believers. You're needed to build up the body of Christ. You're needed to make disciples. So would you pray with me? And as we pray, just consider what God is saying to you about your involvement in making disciples. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love for us, Lord, that you have created this amazing process, this amazing uh, discipleship process where you've called us to enter into relationships, that you're doing it through us. Lord, it's you doing it in our hearts, but you're using us to disciple one another, Lord. And as we disciple one another, we grow so much ourselves. And so I pray for myself, I pray for each person here, that we would consider taking seriously your command to make disciples. That we would uh, seriously consider what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Lord, walk with us now as as we uh, make these decisions, as we move forward. In Christ's name, amen.